Hi, this is Dee, and you are listening to my podcast, Let Me Clear My Throat. Uh, if you're not familiar with me, um, my name is Dee, um, and I think this is like maybe my 18th or 19th podcast. I'm not really for sure. I've kind of lost track on them. Um, in the beginning, I think up until maybe the 13th episode, maybe, um, I was pretty much doing a lot of research on my topics. I would pick a topic, and I would talk about it. Um, and I would do research and try to have my references and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> but I think um, after my 13th episode or, or maybe my 14th, I'm not really for sure, I just kind of started just free-winging it. And sometimes <clears throat> I don't I, I don't always know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> and I just kind of, that's kind of, I guess, where the free-winging it comes from. <laughs> um, but... Sometimes it might seem a little dry, um, and then I'll get into the topic or something, something will come to my mind, and I'll get passionate about it. <coughs> so, and I'm sorry, <coughs> I keep clearing my throat. <coughs> um, I guess this name is pretty perfect for me. Anybody that knows me knows I'm always clearing my throat. Um, I've got really bad allergies, and this time of the year just doesn't like me. Actually, any time of the year of allergies doesn't like me. Um, <coughs> and I'm all allergy medicine, but... Uh, I don't really think it's as effective as what I need. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, I apologize if I'm clearing my throat a lot. Uh, I probably got so much cotton in my mouth right now, I could knit everybody in the world a sweater. <laughs> um, which talking doesn't help much, but I've got my drink here to the side, so, um, <clears throat> I say um a lot. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so, I'll change it with, uh, <laughs> Um, anyway, back to, um, my head here. I don't really know what I'm going to talk about today. There's been a lot of things going on in my mind. And sometimes I get to thinking about stuff and it kind of overtakes my thoughts. And I get caught up in a lot of past emotions and a lot of past thoughts. And I've done a lot of self-reflecting, if you will. And... I don't know if um, you any you know if you listen to my one podcast where I was talking about um, uh, there's a horrific car accident out here in the front and um, <clears throat> there was a lady um, and her son and another gentleman was involved in a very bad car accident single car accident uh, speed was a factor I took the curb way too fast um, and uh, broke a pole in half took out a complete fence line. Of electrical fencing uh, across the street um, at the farm across the street <clears throat> and um, snapped some more poles in half and landed up against another pole ejected the son and the mom out of the sunroof um, and the mother died instantly uh, the son went to uh, Riley Hospital for children and he is in a back brace and a neck brace for three months and he gets physical therapy uh, Today is the 14th. That happened on 11-13, so yesterday I made one month uh, since that happened. And obviously my heart, my thoughts and my prayers go out to the family deeply. Uh, I was uh, the first responder on the scene because obviously it was right here in front of my house. And it ripped our electrical and everything straight out <coughs> and woke me up and uh, startled me, obviously because it shook the house. <coughs> and I went out there and uh, immediately administered CPR to the woman. Um... I felt for a pulse, I didn't feel one, but I went ahead and started a CPR on her, 
because <clears throat> obviously I know the accident just that happened. <clears throat> and um, I won't go into the gruesome details of everything. Um, but anyway, I did give her CPR directly. She was in uh, cover. Her face was covered in blood. I wiped her face off the best I could to get to her mouth. Um, and um, the accident had actually <clears throat> busted out of her two front teeth. Um, unless she didn't have two front teeth, I don't know. But two of her front teeth were missing. <clears throat> and um, so anyway, I gave her CPR directly mouth to mouth. And then a uh, medic came on the scene and took over. And I uh, went home because I was obviously covered in her blood. And I went home and uh, briefly <clears throat> to uh, wash my face off because I knew I had blood on my face and rinsed my mouth out. And I was, you know, obviously spitting blood out. Not a great deal. It was like the pink tinge or whatever from contact. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, I, I was talking about how I was going to go get tested. Um, because, you know, blood bone pathogens and uh, infectious diseases and whatnot. And I, I spoke to her her sister, actually, and her sister told me that she, she, she was clean. But I rather, I mean, it doesn't hurt. <clears throat> so anyway, I um, set up a doctor appointment because I haven't been to the doctor in forever and a day either. But I had called the Board of Health first. And I spoke with them and asked them about it. And the only thing that they did um, was HIV testing. So I told her, obviously, I wanted to be, you know, the whatever panel they do so she told me it'd be best to go to a doctor and <clears throat> I haven't been to a family doctor in forever my family doctor that I had um I haven't seen him in a, a long time he um actually had an office out here by where we live and he started doing a mission uh he left the practice and went on a mission uh oh somewhere overseas I don't I don't I don't remember exactly where so anyway <clears throat> I have really pretty been in good health and um, I'm not getting any younger <laughs> cough cough um, but I do know some things are hereditary in the family and I've been trying to take care of myself here lately and I went and had uh, 26 teeth and four wisdom teeth pulled um, I had surgery on my mouth and had those pulled out so I'm still adapting to dentures <clears throat> so I think that's another reason why my mouth is so dry. Um, but I'm still trying to get used to those and trying to get used to talking. And I'm still, I still haven't mastered eating um, all the way. I do take my bottom dentures out to eat a lot. So if you ever see me hold my bottom dentures in my hand, mind your business. Because <laughs> I'm probably eating something. <laughs> so um, I'll be driving down the road holding my dentures in my hand, my bottom teeth in my hand. Uh, maybe eating a donut or a sandwich or something. Um because, you know, donuts are awesome. <laughs> Never a bad time to eat a donut. But, um, anyway, um, and then I went and had my eyes checked. <clears throat> I've had glasses since I was about five years old. And my glasses actually, uh, my vision actually wasn't that bad before. Um, but the last time I had my eyes checked was in the year 2000. I had gotten a job as a proofreader for an insurance co trucking company. And um, I used to have to proofread claims reports and order motor vehicle records all day long. And I'll tell you what, that is a very boring job. <laughs> uh, I ended up leaving there after six months. But anyway, <clears throat> um, so I had had my eyes checked since then. So I went to the doctors and um, for my eyes. And my eyes got, my left eye got a little bit worse. And I've got a freckle. They said I got a freckle in my eye. Um, <clears throat> never heard of a freckle in my eye or in anybody's eye. But um, 
So they're supposed to be watching. I got to go back in six months to get it checked again. Um, and they gave me glasses, and I can see perfectly in them when I see when I look far away. I mean, perfect vision. So I can definitely see far away in them. <clears throat> but when I go look at my dashboard or try to look at my phone or read, um, no. <laughs> so my old glasses, I can actually still see out of. So <laughs> I'm switching back and forth between my two glasses. Now, they, they told me I could have bifocals, but I didn't have the money to do the no line. And I wasn't going to put a line in my glasses. Now I'm kind of wondering if I should have. Um, <clears throat> because I have to play the back and forth game on my glasses. And it's um, not very fun. But I can, they do are nice um, when I drive. Especially at nighttime. They they are very nice. Because I can see a distance. Um, <clears throat> so anyway. I actually went to uh, the family doctor. And um, they did testing on me. And uh Everything came out fine, so everything was uh, clean. Um, my hepatitis, um, A, B, and C, and my HIV, and all that stuff—it all came back negative. Um, my liver, my kidneys are healthy. Uh, my blood sugar was good. Um, my my blood count was good, <clears throat> um, but my triglycerides and my cholesterol were a little high, so they gave me some medication for that. And I did talk to her about. Um, a lot of um, mental, um, mental, mental emotions that I have been struggling with through the years, which I have talked about in my podcast off and on, uh, with my grandson passing away a few years ago, um, and obviously with the death of my my dad, um, and taking care of my mother and just myself and some other things I've been through. So <clears throat> she is treating me for PTSD now. Um, so I am on medication for that. I'm taking Lamictal uh, for my PTSD, and uh, I forget what I'm taking for my cholesterol. So anyway, <clears throat> uh, my son used to take Lamictal when he was in high school. Uh, he was having seizures real bad from a uh, football injury. He was playing football, and he also did wrestling, but he had a football injury <clears throat> and a head concussion, and he was having a huge amount of seizures. And so they put him on Lamictal, <clears throat> and... Um, actually had to make him uh, what they call like a dog tag. Um, I had that made for him to let them know that he had seizures and he, what his medication was and his name and his address and his phone number. Um, and he would wear this every day. Um, it's just like a medical uh, necklace. And I had it specially made um, on a particular website. I don't remember what website I had it on. But <clears throat> I specifically had it made and designed for him to wear. Um, but he eventually... Um, was able to come off the little mictal, and as far as I know, he's been seizure-free since then. Uh, so that's a good thing. So when she told me Lamictal, I was like, um, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> but then I got to doing some research in it, and it made sense. Um, and actually, I have had a couple of seizures um, in my life. <clears throat> I woke up one time um, in bed. It was around probably 3 o'clock in the afternoon, if I remember correctly. And, um, my whole body was just shaking really bad. And, um, I was coherent on what was going on. <clears throat> and, um, I remember thinking to myself, I just need to relax and go with it. And just relax my body. Um, and just kind of go with it and don't fight it. And so I just kind of relaxed with it. And, um, eventually it subsided. 
and then I just kind of sat there for a minute, like, what just happened? <laughs> um, and <laughs> my self, as I am, I rolled over and went back to sleep. <laughs> um, now, I know when my son used to have him, it used to make him really tired, and um, he would always have to go to sleep because it just wore him out so bad. Um, <clears throat> but I was already in bed sleeping, so I just rolled over and went back to bed, and I, I never had it checked or anything. And... <clears throat> I've had a few seizures, or even pseudo-seizures, I guess you could say. I'm not really for sure. Uh, since then, a lot of times my anxiety and stuff uh, would get the best of me. <clears throat> um, my panic attacks, um, stress or whatever, and I would just kind of go into this mode. And um, I used to self-harm myself. I used to hit myself in the head. Um, I used to, um, I was a picker. I used to pick my skin real bad um, subconsciously, and I've talked about this a couple times on my other podcast, but I used to have to um, wear ace bandages around my arms, um, so that way I would stop picking, and um, it took a long time to um, to stop that, and I, sometimes I still catch myself trying not to do it. <clears throat> and I've done really, really good at it. So I'm very proud of myself. And I looked down at my scars because my arms are covered in scars and my hands. Uh, I used to do my arms and my hands and my face, my neck, my chest, my legs, um, pretty much anywhere. My whole chest would be totally bruised uh, so bad. <clears throat> um, or my face would be really bad. It would be bruised or it would be um, scabbed over sores on them, my arms. Um and so anyway, obviously I couldn't wrap my face up, although maybe some people would like that. Um, but I would wrap my arms up and um, I used to cover my scars. I put makeup on them or long sleeves or, um, you know, whatever. And I, I don't do that no more. And um, I look at them as my survival scars. Um, I used to call them my war wounds. Uh, but they're my survival scars, and they they don't go unnoticed to me, <clears throat> but I don't dwell on them, if that makes any sense. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you think of something, or you, or, or not necessarily think of something, if you, like, see something about you that you don't like, or something that eats at you, you know, or something that bothers you, you know, if you sit and you dwell on it, it's going to intensify, and then, uh, at least it does for me, <clears throat> so then when I start thinking about it, or I start focusing on it, um, it basically um, engulfs into this big, huge anxiety, trauma, um, and it takes me over, and, and my mind just my mind goes everywhere, and um, sometimes it can get overwhelming, and it really gets the best of me, and then that's usually when I couldn't take it anymore, and my head felt, I felt like I was going to implode, and I would get mad at myself, and I would stand in the mirror, and I'd, you know, cuss myself out, or put myself down, I'd call myself names, I would make fun of myself, I'd belittle myself, <clears throat> Um, and then sometimes if I didn't have a mirror, <clears throat> um, or if I just kind of got caught in the moment, 
were so intense. Um, I would go like in this, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like in this other kind of, um, I don't know, this other kind of way about me. And um, I would like punch myself in the head. I would, you know, punch myself in the face. I would um, bang my head. I would um, throw something. Or I would, you know, I didn't always throw everything. But I, I wasn't really, a, I would say throw things. But that really, really is few and far between. Most of the time I was self-inflicting on myself. <clears throat> and... I really didn't have anywhere to put my feelings. I didn't know where to do with my emotions. I didn't know how to deal with my trauma. I didn't know how to deal with my head. I didn't know how to deal with my thoughts. Um, and I still don't, but I'm trying to teach myself. I'm trying to remind myself. There's been so much pain and <sighs> negativity, um, trauma, Bulliness, um, self-esteem daggers, um, self-inflicted wounds held by other people inflicting, if that makes any sense, um, where I would <clears throat> kind of reminisce in a, in a negative way of things that people have said to me that have been so negative or put me down. Um, I used to be always made fun of. Um, growing up, actually, my whole life, pretty much, um, <clears throat> I was big-chested, so I was made fun of, of that all the time. I was called Dolly Parton. Um, people were like, oh, islands in the stream, you know, um, or whatever. Um, they would, you know, I was 12 years old, and I was, like, almost a 38. <laughs> you know, I was a 36C, you know, at, at 12 years old. And when I had a reduction done at 19, I was a 44 triple D. So I was a very big-chested. Um, so now when people say, oh, you know, you know, you're big, I laugh at them. I'm not big chested. I don't think I'm big chested because I know what big chested is, but hey, whatever. Um, but I was always made fun of and I was always gawked at, obviously guys, um, all the time saying something. I literally would cry, um, when my first ex-husband and I, I had had my son and I was watching a Donahue uh, show, uh, if everybody's familiar with Donahue, um, <laughs> um, anyway, I was watching Donahue one time, and he was doing a, uh, a show <clears throat> on plastic surgery, and I thought to myself, now mind you, I was probably <clears throat> 17 at the time, and, um, I thought, man, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, so I, one day I tried to put this shirt on and the shirt wouldn't fit me. And I just started crying so bad. And my ex-husband looked at me, he's like, what's wrong? You know, like, why are you crying? And I just, just kind of opened up to him on how miserable I was and how bad it was. And uh, my self-esteem was just ridiculously terrible. And I told him, I said, obviously, I want to have one more kid, but after that, I want to have um, a, bre a breast reduction. And um, he was very supportive of, of that. 
And so after I had my, my oldest daughter, I was 19, and I had her in April, and that August, August the 6th, I believe it was, <clears throat> of 92, I had a breast reduction. And my doctor was awesome. His name was Harum M. Kazi, I think. He was at a Methodist hospital. And <clears throat> he was just an awesome doctor. And um, recovery was great. And um, I was a 34A, no, a 34C um, after surgery. <clears throat> and I was happy. I was very happy. Now, obviously, since then, I've had another daughter. I had another daughter 10 years later. And, obviously, weight gain. You know, and, and so now I'm, I hold my boobs very well, I think. Um, but, anyway, I'm okay with it. And I've got scars that I wear. And I've actually had people tell me, exes, um, nobody's going to want you like that. Um guys are not going to like those scars, um, you know, and, um, basically the minute that they would see them, uh, they would automatically gross out. <clears throat> and, uh, so I got scars on each side from one end, obviously contoured around to the other end. And then he had to slice down the middle, cut off my nipple and bring my my skin together, sew it up, and attach my nipple up higher. So he had to detach it and move it up. So I've got scar tissue from one end all the way around to the other side, up the middle, and well, you can't tell the scar tissue around the nipple part. But anyway, <coughs> you don't. If your day wasn't clean now, now you know. These are my boobs. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but this is real life. This is real. And this is something that I had to carry, and I still kind of carry it <clears throat> because when I wear certain types of clothes, because um, obviously I've gained weight, um, but I've lost a lot of weight. But anyway, right on the side, I've got, uh, I mean, obviously I'm holding it right now more than an inch that I can hold on my side up where my uh, skin comes together up there. And so sometimes when I wear certain clothing, um, I'm very aware of my scar tissue. <clears throat> And sometimes I would, uh, when I wear low-cut shirts or something, um, <clears throat> I would put a little bit of makeup there and kind of like contour um, and kind of define uh, my cleavage <clears throat> so that way my scar tissue wasn't as visible. And um, <clears throat> I used to put makeup on them and cover them up. Not that anybody was going to see them um, all the time, but I was very self-conscious about it. And so I would... I would try to mask it, and, um, you know, then I had a C-section, so I've got a scar down there, I had a hysterectomy, um, and they had to open that scar back up, because I almost couldn't see my scar before, it was almost gone, and then I had a hysterectomy, and they had to open it back up, and honestly, I don't even, I don't even know, I haven't really paid attention to that scar, but I think it's where I've gained weight, my um, stomach isn't slim, and um, definitely not a size negative, uh, negative whatever. Um, <clears throat> although I've been negative, um, <laughs> uh, but this is real life. These, this is me and I've got a scar on my ear. I had my ears pierced when I was in sixth grade <clears throat> and I had it done in the mall and the lady had pierced my ear, got it too low to the edge of my ear and my earring ended up ripping. And so I got what they call a keloid. And when she, when I went and had it re-pierced again, <clears throat> she pierced it 
above it, but she pierced it on the top of my scar. <clears throat> and so that caused a problem. <clears throat> so I do have my ears pierced, but I, I hardly ever wear earrings. I have to wear special earrings that are very, very sensitive because they won't mess up my ears because of my scar. And um, <clears throat> so little cheap um, piddly earrings that you five is five and dime. I cannot wear those. Um, but I'm not a big jewelry person. I really, um, I'm not. I don't like wearing necklaces. Um, that was for my past abuse um, that I've had. Um, I don't like things around my neck. Um, <clears throat> but I wear a ring on my right finger, my right ring finger. Um, it is actually a cross with an infinity um, symbol around it, and it is my dad's ashes. And I do have a necklace that I, let me take that back. I do have a necklace I wear occasionally, but it's my grandson's ashes. Um, and it took me a lot to wear them, <clears throat> but it's not tight on my neck, but I really can't tell I have it on. So I have to be careful with it because um, it has fallen apart before and I've had to put it back together and I cried really bad um, because I am the only one that has a set of ash, of his ashes. The, the rest of his ashes are buried. <clears throat> but the top of it had come unscrewed and went in my lap and I was sitting there and I didn't want to move but I didn't know how to scoop them up <laughs> um, so eventually I ended up getting them back into the vial and closing them up but they hang in my <clears throat> my grandfather clock and I wear them on occasion like his birthday or my birthday which is also the anniversary of his death um, I wear them on the holidays I wear him on the holidays um, and sometimes when I'm just going out and about, every once in a while, I'll be like, hey, you want to go with Grandma today? And I'll put him on. Uh, you know, and I'll wear him. And then my other finger, my ring finger, I have a heart ring that my one of my best friends gave me. <clears throat> um, my best friend, Steffi, she gave it to me. And it's a heart with um, the blue heart in the middle. <clears throat> but um, I'm not, other than that, I'm not a jewelry person. I And sometimes I'll wear toe rings. And I wear that because I'm a big flip-flop person or a barefoot person. I will usually go most of the winter, uh, most all year, actually, in flip-flops. I know that I will have to bust out my shoes pretty soon and figure out um, I will have to get used to wearing them. Um, <clears throat> but for right now, I'm still wearing my flip-flops. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, but my point is, I guess, in all of this, I'm, I'm kind of putting myself out there. And I'm kind of being very candid and open about myself and I'm putting information out here to the world and honestly I don't even know here who hears me to me I'm sitting in a room looking around um I'm in my craft room which is my mom's old music room <clears throat> and um I'm just watching squiggly lines go across my computer screen so <clears throat> but my point is is that I'm being very candid and open on myself <clears throat> to the world and the reason being is I have been self-reflecting a lot on myself to where I I believe society needs a reality check. <clears throat> because, you know, I have spent years, and I'm going to say years of my life. I'm 50 years old, <clears throat> and I've spent most of that 50 years living behind society's negativity. I have spent about 50 years of my life living in the shadows of other people's opinions 
other people's perspectives, other people's dictations, other people's uh, uh, perception, if you will, of how the world is supposed to look like, how I'm supposed to look like, how I'm supposed to act, how I'm supposed to feel, what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to say, even so much more, what should I wear? <clears throat> oh, older people, I guess, um, shouldn't wear their hair different colors. <clears throat> um, other people, sh uh, older people shouldn't wear uh, their hair in double braids. Other people shouldn't wear um, low-cut shirts. Other people shouldn't be able to bust a move on the dance floor. I'm sorry, people. I do every single one of those things. I will bust and move on the dance floor right beside you. And I might have to take a break now. <laughs> but I will dance right beside you and bust out the same move that you do um, <clears throat> outside of a backflip. Because, you know, that that ain't happening no more. I can do a backbend. I definitely can do a backbend. <clears throat> um, I taught myself how to do backbends when I was younger. Um, I still can. I still can get down on the skate floor. Oh, yes, I can. But, you know, society's perception is, <clears throat> old people shouldn't be able to do that. I'm not old. I used to think I was vintage, but I'm not. I was listening to the radio station the other day, and they were playing a bunch of 80s songs, okay? And they were, like, all classics all the time. So I have determined I am classic. I am classic. I am 50 years old. I knew almost every single song in the 80s. Uh, even the ones I don't really care for. Because I'm like, yeah, I didn't like you in the 80s either. <laughs> and I changed the channel. channel. But <clears throat> my music diver is very diverse. And I come from a very big musical background family. <clears throat> um, but there's a huge impact on how society makes us feel. I saw a woman the other day get in her car. <clears throat> and um, obviously she was, she was not a size zero. Um, but she was average. Um, and I saw a video of a bunch of older women on the dance floor. They were doing like a line dance or something. <clears throat> and they were all average looking. And I say average looking because they are what society is. They are people that have had kids. They are people that have suffered maybe a medical condition that makes their, their, their weight go up and down or side to side or whatever it does. They are people that have scars. They are people that have self-esteem probably issues from society's gracious. They are people that have maybe not have the, their hair in perfect order. They are people that are wearing clothes that maybe be a little bit too revealing or maybe a little bit baggy because they're trying to hide their flaws. <clears throat> That is an average person. <clears throat> people that starve themselves. People that make themselves throw up. People that take diet pills. People that um, overexert themselves in a negative manner that is unhealthy. Now, I know there's people that work out. They take care of their health. And I applaud you. I need to be that person again. I used to work out all the time. I had a big, huge... Um, Weight bench that used to sit in the corner of my, my living room when I, I lived in this other house. I had 20 by 20 living room. <clears throat> and in the corner, I had a leg press, an arm press, um, a stepper, 
a shoulder thing and um, a, a, a stomach crunch thingamabobber. It's like a big ensemble thing. <clears throat> and I used to work on it all the time, and it's great for depression. It really is. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I had to get rid of it because when I moved, um, it wouldn't fit where I was at. So I had to uh, I had to get rid of it. And I got a really great deal on it. I think I bought it for like 60 bucks or something. I got a really great deal on it. It was like a steal. But I was going through my divorce, and um, – so I was working with my depression and I was working out all the time. <clears throat> and so those people I applaud because that is, that's a healthy manner. Now, when you get addicted to, uh, living at the gym and you're addicted to it, that can probably a little, be a little unhealthy, but that's everybody's, I, I, I'm not trying to steer anybody from trying to work out or whatever, because obviously you want to be healthy. <clears throat> but what my point is. Society has put us in our minds that everybody looks needs to look a certain way. Who is the person that makes that up? Who are they to tell me what I'm supposed to look like when they probably don't even know who I am? They don't know my battles. They don't know my suffering. They don't know what scars I have inside and outside. They don't know if I have a medical condition. They don't know if I have a mental condition. They don't know if I have a physical condition. They don't know me. So why does society have the right to tell me that's okay? And I need to lose weight. I need to do my hair different. I need to act differently. I need to talk to be talk differently. I need to dress accordingly. I need oh, you can't do that. You're too old for that. You know what? I just I'm just this age, this many days old today. Who are they to tell me how I'm supposed to act? How I'm supposed to be? Who are they? Who are they to tell me how to be me? And who are they? Is it a reflection on how they feel about themselves? Or are they just being mean and being bullies? Because, you know, you have adult bullies. And adult bullies were usually either victims from being bullied. And they just have had enough and they just don't care no more. <clears throat> or they've been bullies their whole life. I don't know. But nonetheless, it's wrong. And who am I to say it's wrong? It's wrong to do that to me. Now, if everybody else in this world likes that, to each their own. But to me, it's wrong. It's wrong to do. It's wrong to belittle somebody. It's wrong to talk about somebody. It's wrong to judge people. It is just wrong to be a mean person. <clears throat> it's wrong and it's ugly. And I saw this um, <clears throat> this saying one time. It says, you know, if... I'm fat, you're ugly, and I can always diet. <clears throat> that is so true. But that's mean to say, but it's so true. But you can diet, but that doesn't mean you're still going to lose weight. What if you have a medical condition? What if you're below weight and you're not overweight <clears throat> and you're not healthy because you're too thin? That's a factor, too. You know, oh, you look like a beanpole. Oh, you're a toothpick. Uh, you know, you have you have no butt. You know, where are your boobs? You're flat chested. You know, and and women wear these. <laughs> it's just you know, and the women have to wear bras because society says so. <clears throat> and it's like you know, there are dudes out there with bigger boobs than me. Sometimes <clears throat> you don't see them wearing a bra. 
I actually, no, all jokes aside, I actually threw my shoulder out. My shoulder is so sore still. And it's been like this for a couple of weeks. And I brought it up to the doctor. And she said, we'll look at it again when I go back on the 21st. But I, I pulled a muscle on my shoulder, um, taking my bra off, because I had to overextend my arm so far. And now it hurts really bad. Um, like a torn rotator cuff from taking my bra off. But um, anyway... Who is society to tell me that that's what I got to do? Guys go around and they don't have no shirts on. And they can walk around or whatever. And that's fine and dandy. You do you. Some are not so easy on my eyes. But hey, it's acceptable to society. But if you've got a woman out there <clears throat> that shows just a little too much or doesn't have a shirt on, she gets arrested for indecent exposure. Or assault was a deadly weapon, however you deep you want to look into it. But <clears throat> now I, I used to I used to say this to this person I knew. And I'm like, well, actually a couple of people I know. Yeah, they should women should be able to go out there and not have to wear a shirt and a bra. Just like a guy does. <clears throat> and like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, but you know that also includes seeing your mom naked. <clears throat> um, or your grandma. Or somebody else's grandma and great grandma. And you know, and they're like, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, that's right. Because you're stereotyping on what the boob is supposed to be. Now, I'm not trying to get on the big old subject of boobs. But boobs were made for a person, for a reason on a woman. <clears throat> and that is to feed the child. <clears throat> it is for a reason. Women develop milk to be able to feed their child on their boob. Source of nutrition. Society, oh. You need to cover up. Really? Are you going to cover up your face while you put that fork in your mouth and feed yourself? Because maybe I don't like the way you eat. Maybe I don't like the way you chomp your food. Maybe I don't like the way it looks. You don't see me saying, hey, you need to take that napkin and cover your face while you're eating up that, you know, that uh, stew or whatever, your casserole you're eating or whatever the heck you're eating. Or you're eating a hamburger and you're going, you know, maybe I don't want that. But I don't do that. I might think I'm my head going, oh my gosh, I can't stand this chomping, you know. <clears throat> but I don't do that. It's no different than an innocent little baby needing to attach to their mother to feed them. If that woman wants to sit out in society and have her boob pop plopped out on the freaking table, feeding her child, how dare you say she shouldn't? Because <clears throat> you're more or less, you're looking at that mother going, you should not feed your child right now. But then be the first one to respond, you're neglecting your child or you don't feed them. <clears throat> so, yeah, there's that. <clears throat> it's all about, well, you know, it's all about people thinking that their opinion should be the only opinion that matters. And, I'm, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to sound mean because I know there's a lot of bad things that go on in this world. And that's another reason why I'm saying a lot of our problem in society is that society is a lot of our problem. <clears throat> you know, I, I was watching <clears throat> this um, this piece one time. Uh, I don't remember what it was. And I, and I don't watch TV, so it had to be something on my phone. I was scrolling through uh, Facebook or something, and it was like a reel. Um, <clears throat> and it was a Sandra Bullock. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I think Sandra Bullock is just beautiful. I think she is just a beautiful person, and she is just a beautiful human being, and I think she is beautiful on the outside and the inside. 
I think she's just beautiful. And, <clears throat> excuse me, she was actually standing up there, uh, sitting there one day. I forget exactly what it was, what show it was. But she was talking about how people made fun of her, basically, and said she was overweight. Um, and was just all these mean, nasty things about her. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, my goodness. Like, here, I mean, her personality is, just, I, I just love her. Her personality is a lot like mine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but that's just an example. You've got this beautiful person <clears throat> that somebody has taken the time out to belittle and dehumanize. And they don't even know that human being as a person. They're judging what they see or what society has um, televised. They don't know what that woman's been through. They don't know what her struggles are. They're not looking at her as a person. They're looking at her through whatever goggles, glasses that they got on. Maybe it's their own reflection. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's because they're just being a bully or a troll. Or maybe it's just because that's just the way they are. And it's wrong. It's just so wrong. You know, if the, if the tables were turned... <clears throat> And somebody did it to that person. It, that's probably what the problem is. Um, because. You know. And I'm. I'm kind of getting caught up in this. Because. Like I said. I really didn't know what I was going to talk about today. But you know. Self-reflection is a big thing. But. It's hard to see your reflection when you look at it and you see everybody else but yourself. And you get to a point in your life where you're trying to self-reflect on your life. People might call it a midlife crisis or, I don't know, self-identity, empty nesting, whatever it is. Who do you want to be now? Your kids are all grown and out of the house. What do you want to do with your life? I don't know. only thing I know how to be is a mom and a grandma. I don't know. <clears throat> But right now, I'm taking care of my mom. That's my place. I'm filling in the blanks as I go. <clears throat> but the point is, you get to a point in your life and you have a chance to have a life in, in a sense of where your children are grown, your uh, family has moved out, <clears throat> maybe you are alone, maybe you're with a couple, you know, uh, you, know you have a significant other. <clears throat> um but then you have to reflect on who you are as a person. Um, you know, I used to always tell my daughter, <clears throat> I said, you know, as you grow up, you know, because she was trying to figure out what she wanted to do with her life and this, that, and the other. So first of all, you need to find out who you are first. You have to be you first. You cannot be a mom, a, a wife, um, a daughter, um, a sister, an aunt. Um, a, a co-worker, um, you can't be anybody until you are you. And when you know who you are, that's when all the rest of it can be what they are. <clears throat> because you are what makes up the rest of it. But unfortunately, in today's world that I know it, <clears throat> actually in all of the world, of I know it, my whole 50 years of my life, it's been the opposite. 
it's always been be a mom, be a wife, be a daughter, be a sister, be a brother, be an aunt, be an uncle, be a grandchild, um, be an employee, be a student, be whatever. And then somewhere in there, try to squeeze you in on who you are. But by the time you get to you, your reflection looks like the whole rest of the world. Because you're looking at you going, I don't even know who this person is. How did I, where did this wrinkle come from? How did I get this old? Um, <clears throat> I have to have all my teeth pulled out. Uh, my, what is this gray hair? I just colored this like two days ago and my gray is already in again. <clears throat> and you're looking at this reflection going, this person's a stranger to me. I don't even know this person that is looking back at me in this mirror. I don't even know who this person is that is talking to me. I don't even know who this person is <clears throat> that society thinks that they know. Because I don't even know. So how does society know? But then you go through your, your mind thinking, so what do I do with you now? What do I do? What do I do with you? How am I supposed to look at you in the mirror when I don't even know who you are? Because I've been used to looking at this other reflection that has done nothing, nothing but make me feel like I'm worthless. I am not uh, worthy to be loved. I am abandoned. I'm ugly. I'm fat. Um, my face is ill-proportioned. My left leg is longer than my right leg, which is true, by the way. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm short. I'm five foot half inch, because, you know, every half inch counts. Ask anybody. But I'm five foot half inch. <clears throat> I'm short. Um, and people might not realize it, but sometimes it's a handicap. It's a good thing that I know how to climb. Because <laughs> I am a climber. <coughs> and I'm very resourceful. <coughs> if I go to a store. <coughs> excuse me. And there's something on the counter. That is pushed back a little bit. I will either try to climb up there to get it. Or I'll find something long in that aisle. To be able to use it as a scooper. To scoop it close enough where I can reach it. Or, if that is not possible, I will find me some tall person and be like, excuse me, could you get this down for me? <laughs> um, because it is a thing. Um, <clears throat> reaching some simple cabinets in my house, well, my mom's house actually, they're built for tall people because my family's tall. My mom's 5'11". Um, you know... My son is uh, 6'1". Um, my my dad was six foot, six one. Um, <clears throat> I'm not. <laughs> but so even trying to get in the cabinets, even the bottom, like the upper cabinets, even on the bottom shelf, like the cupboard there, <clears throat> if it's not on the edge, and I'm standing on my tiptoes to reach the ed edge of those cabinets. To get something out of there. 
And there are many times I have to get the chair out to climb up there. I used to, like, jump onto the countertop. I can literally, <laughs> I guess this is where the good part comes in. I can literally stand on the counter <clears throat> and not touch the ceiling. And I'm like, so I'm up here. I'm cleaning the top of the counters. I'm cleaning above the cabinets. I can clean the ceiling. Um, and I don't need a ladder to do that part. I can stand literally on my bathroom, my mom's bathroom sink <clears throat> and not touch the ceiling. Um, so I'll get up there and I'll clean the cabinets down, change the light bulb, clean the light bulb thing out, uh, pick up anything that's broken up there, you know, or any cobwebs or whatever. <clears throat> um, and, um, uh, <laughs> I can do that, <laughs> but, um, it, it, then you got people that are tall. <clears throat> you got people that are really tall and that's a handicap. And I guess if you want to say it's a handicap, that's probably not, I'm not trying to stereotype it in something negative. Okay. And being handicapped is not negative. Let me re rephrase that. Um, that's not a negative thing either. And see, that's, that's where self-reflection has got to be on each individual because it's not a negative thing. Now, obviously we all have different handicaps. We, we all do all. And I say that because everybody has some type of hang up on themselves and and if it's something that and obviously this is my own personal opinion and I'm gonna try to say this in a way that doesn't sound mean or degrading because that's not how I wanted to sound um, if you have something that is amplified that is negative about you that is handicapping your way of thought of positiveness if that makes sense because if you're going there and you're like okay <clears throat> for instance, I'll use me. Um, take something as simple as my teeth. <clears throat> now, <laughs> I've seen these little skits come across where the person, these women have their teeth out, and they're just like, you know, gumming it. You know, like they don't look the greatest without their teeth, if you will. Society. It's just like, oh my goodness, you know, you got that little and, and, and you know, look, whatever. Obviously, I know you can't see me, but <clears throat> you take your teeth out, and people that don't have their teeth out don't cannot understand or relate to this, okay? <clears throat> and I say that because up until I had my teeth out, I could not relate to this <clears throat> as a personal thing. But when you take your teeth out, and you have no teeth in there at all, <clears throat> and your tongue is literally laying on the roof of your mouth or I'm sorry the roof of your mouth is literally laying on your tongue <clears throat> and <laughs> I went to go try to bite my nail <laughs> there was nothing there um and I could obviously I couldn't do it but I was like I feel really cheesy right now because it dawned on me I have no teeth and it was like right after I had had my teeth pulled out I was like I have no oh my gosh I have no teeth I can't turn back now I have no teeth um <clears throat> and when I had my stitches and stuff on my mouth I'm looking in there and stuff and my whole face was all bruised up real bad um <clears throat> but anyway you take your teeth completely out and People like, you know, would you date me now, you know, or whatever. And then they do this little um, before and after look where they put their teeth in and then they put this makeup on and then all of a sudden they're gorgeous. 
And people are like, that can't be real. That's not real. That's that's what, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know what, people? <clears throat> Whether it's real or not real is not the point. The realization is that regardless if that person doesn't have teeth in or not, should not be judged as any less beautiful as the person with teeth. There are so many people out there that maybe can't afford to have teeth in, which, by the way, if you have insurance, and I'm going to say this here in Indiana, okay, because this is the only way I know. I have um, HIP, HIP Plus, or not, I have HIP, Anthem HIP, um, government insurance. They paid 100% of my teeth. And they paid, they paid for my complete uh, extractions. They paid for my dentures. They paid for it all. And you can have your teeth uh, redone every five years, just so you know. Every five years, you can have your, your teeth redone on your insurance. But I went to a, um, an all day, or a, a dental place, uh, emergency dental, where um, they were like open until 10 o'clock at night, and you can, they do walk-ins. <clears throat> and you get your, you, I went in there because I had to have a tooth pulled. And I um, had very bad teeth. Um, never went to the dentist growing up. But, um, so anyway, my two front teeth had split. And so I was like, yeah, I could literally put my tongue between the middle of them. <laughs> so I was very subconscious. Um, and I didn't like to smile, which I'm all the time, I'm a jokester, so laughing and stuff. But, um... <clears throat> So anyway, I go in there, and the doctor's like, uh, would you consider dentures, or is it too soon? And I think that was just a polite way of saying, are you old enough? <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, no, I want dentures. I want dentures. Yes, I want dentures. I, I, I was with this one guy, and I didn't know it for a while until he told me. Um, and this is really funny because, I mean, I, did, I had no idea. I just thought he had really beautiful teeth. But he had dentures. And I had never been with anybody that had dentures, but he had the most beautiful teeth. And then when he told me he had dentures, I was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> I never would have knew. <clears throat> but um, anyway, I was like, yeah, I was thinking, man, he had really beautiful teeth. I want teeth like that. And I used to tell him, I'm so jealous of you. I wish I had teeth like that. Um, but anyway, so the doctor was like, well, we can make it happen. So he said, um, you know, here's, here's your medicine or whatever for your tooth. I just pulled out. <coughs> Excuse me. And we'll get you an appointment scheduled uh, to do your teeth. And I'm like, oh, this is great. So I go in, and they uh, do the little um, implant thing or whatever. They do the impression, if you will. Yeah, the impression. Because he wanted to do it with my teeth in um, to get the more natural look of <coughs> where my jaw sat. And the way my teeth were proportioned. And so, um, I used to get locked jaw real bad um, growing up. And that, that really hurts. TMJ really hurts. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway, he did the first impression of my with my teeth. <clears throat> and then when that impression came back, I had to go in for a second impression where he did uh, that impression with the rest of my mouth. And they had the size, um, the the teeth with uh, the size of my mouth. So my uppers are smalls and my lowers are large. And I don't know if she got those fitted right, but I have a lot of problems keeping my bottom teeth in, but I'm still healing. So um, <clears throat> my t upper teeth are, are just fine. Um, so anyway, I did go in to get them adjusted where they sanded it down a little bit. But um, 
So anyway, the second time I went in, because I'm sorry I get sidetracked, <laughs> um, and they did the impression of my mouth with my teeth impressions. So he was like, okay, now the next time you come in, uh, we'll do your extraction. So <clears throat> the third time I went in, um, they pulled all my teeth out and then put my dentures immediately in. And he said, sleep with them in the first 24 hours because of the swelling. He said, if you take them out and your mouth is swole, swollen like it is, your dentures will end up not fitting right. You have to keep them in there for the first 24 hours. After that, take them out at night when you sleep. Do not sleep with them. <clears throat> so, now, when I take my teeth out, I... <laughs> I talk differently. I sound differently. I think I even kind of act differently. <laughs> um, and I have trouble, like, saying some of my words, like getting them uh, enunciated. Um, I usually try to put them in because depending on how much I'm up with my mom through the night, um, I try to put them in at least by 11 or 12. Um, but I'm usually up through the night off and on with my mom. And, um, <clears throat> my head decides to turn off, I can go to sleep. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> I try to keep them in, I try to keep them, uh, as long as I can. And I'm a late night person. Um, so, before, I know when I first started, I would be, he's, they're like, at least try to keep them in for eight hours. <clears throat> and I could not wait till that eighth hour got there, because I was like, oh, really? I don't know what felt better. Taking my shoes off, taking my bra off, or taking my teeth out. <laughs> I just, it's kind of like that. <laughs> so, I'm like, ah, I got my teeth out. <laughs> you know? And so, then I got to the point where I could leave them in longer. And I just started being able to eat some foods with my teeth in. And it's a big deal to me. But my point that I'm trying to put there <clears throat> is that there are so many people in this world that don't know how how that feels. They don't know how it feels not to have all your teeth. <clears throat> they don't know how it feels to have uh, all your teeth missing. And society... Um, Thinking you're not beautiful. Thinking that you're not model material because you're a human being that has no teeth. <clears throat> um, but if you put your teeth in and you cover yourself in some makeup maybe, or you put a filter on your phone to take a picture, Automatically, you're beautiful. You're more beautiful and acceptable to society. Why? Why is that okay? So if I take my teeth out, <coughs> and let's say I got my, my hair and makeup done, okay? And I'm, I'm as if I had my teeth in. I got my hair and my makeup done. <coughs> and so let's say I'm like dressed ready to go out on the town. But I don't have my teeth in. <clears throat> so if I don't go out, if I go out in society 
dressed and ready for the town and leave my teeth out. Then I'm going to be looked at differently and less beautiful than if I put my teeth in and go out on the town in the exact same attire, exact same hair and makeup. The only thing difference is putting teeth in and taking teeth out. Why does that make me less of a beautiful person? <clears throat> Why does that make me any less desirable? It it shouldn't. And <clears throat> I know somebody <laughs> that um, has dentures. And uh, now, mind you, my my uh, before I get on that story. Let me let me back up here first. <clears throat> when I look at my teeth in the mirror, they're beautiful. They are beautiful, white, straight, perfect teeth. Perfect. I go down the toothpaste toothbrush aisle, <clears throat> and I'm thinking, "Yeah, how much money I'm gonna save not having to buy this stuff no more." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't have to buy toothpaste. I put a little plop plop fizz fizz um, denture cleaner stuff in my teeth, uh, in my in my water in my tooth little bin that I have, um, and I use uh, a certain toothbrush. It's a faux down toothbrush because <clears throat> I don't use the one that they gave me. Um, <clears throat> for one, it doesn't fit in a toothbrush holder thing. Um, so anybody that makes toothbrush, make a toothbrush holder thing for the denture tooth toothbrushes, please. It really does make a difference. Um, but anyway, so I've got a faux down toothbrush. It literally folds down into the base, which is really nice if you're homeless because, um, it's kind of where the gist of it came from because I used to be homeless, but I mean, it's not the same toothbrush, obviously, but anyway, um, <clears throat> they do sell them, but it also keeps the germs and stuff. I don't keep, uh, I didn't keep my toothbrush in my toothbrush holder, um, because when you flush, your the germs go about five feet, um, they say, but there's a lot of germs in the bathroom, but I had a stepdaughter one time um, <clears throat> that was, uh, she didn't like my son, and she would take his toothbrush and put it around inside the toilet bowl rim, and my son started complaining his teeth were hurting, and I found out that that's what she did. So I would put a decoy toothbrush in my toothbrush holder and keep my other toothbrush uh, safely put away. <clears throat> so anyway... Um, I'm not married to that man no more, or that dude no more. I say man, but that dude. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> I have a, a tooth container, a, te a teeth container, not a tooth. I don't have one tooth, and I got my teeth. Um, a teeth container that I set on the countertop. <clears throat> and I was like, I'm going to decorate my teeth container. I mean, why not? I'm a, you know, I'm not going to bring it out or anything, but I'm going to decorate it. So I took my, I got my Cricut out, you know, and my vinyl and whatever. <clears throat> I was trying to think of a, a saying to put on there. And I, I printed out, <coughs> excuse me, a saying that says, you make me smile. So whenever I look down at my tooth, my tooth, um, my teeth, the container that holds my teeth, <laughs> um, it says, you make me smile. And then I think, 
<clears throat> well, the government has made me cry so much over the years and upset me. It's about damn time that they made me smile about something, and I'm glad they paid for those teeth. <laughs> so, yeah, that makes me smile. <clears throat> but, um, it's a whole different perception. And it's an, it's an identity. It's an identity of a mental state of mind. It's an identity of what society continues to do repeatedly. <clears throat> and then have the audacity to complain that it's done to them. Now, I'm not trying to pick on everybody. Because I, I pray that there are people not like that in the world. But I don't know. I haven't really met you yet. <laughs> um <coughs> I can't really say that because I don't try to be that way, but I'm not saying that I'm not. <clears throat> Maybe subconsciously, I, well, I take that back. <clears throat> I'm like that way with myself. So that's a lie. I'm like that with myself. And that is what I'm trying to teach myself to do differently. I'm trying to teach myself that my identity has to start with where it starts. And that's my perception on what I see. And what I see looking at me as a whole, you can, I believe you can tell a lot by a person by when you look in their eyes. And you, I mean, don't be creepy about it. But when you really look in someone's eyes, you can really see the depths of their, their soul. You can see their pain. You can see their, um, their emptiness. You can see their laughter. You can see their, their happiness. I don't know if you've ever looked at a picture and seen somebody smile, and they actually smile with their eyes. <clears throat> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful look. Or you can look at somebody, take a picture and look at their eyes. What do you really see? Do you really pay attention to that detail of what's behind that real picture? You know, is there an emptiness? Is there is there a sadness? Do you see hidden tears in the back of their eyelids? Um, or words that are not spoken but displayed in their eyes? It, it, and, and without gawking at them, you know, because that's creepy, people. Um, <clears throat> but we all wear a mask. And I say that sincerely without being jokefully. We all wear a mask on ourselves. And I'm not talking about the COVID mask, okay? I'm talking about a human being mask. Our personali personalities that we mask to cover other personalities. And we also, also take them out in order for society to accept them, if that makes sense. <clears throat> so, you know, a lot of guys are like, Oh, I like a woman without makeup. Uh, she don't need all that, you know. And my dad was that way. You know, she's beautiful just the way she is, is what he'd say to my mom. You're beautiful just the way you are. And um, <clears throat> and there are guys that are like that. But you can fall in love with somebody <clears throat> on what your perception is that they are. Like you can, you could fall in love with somebody with the ideal of who they are, of who you want them to be, who you hope that they will be someday, who you 
try to help them be and discover or just journaling on how you want to look at them. But that doesn't mean you actually really see them for what they really are or who they're trying to be. <clears throat> and I, you know, I, I know this person that has beautiful dentures, beautiful dentures. And because some dentures don't look real, they don't. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, he was very subconscious about them. And, um, but he was comfortable around me with him. I mean, I, I didn't make it awkward. I didn't, I, well, he made me believe I didn't make it awkward with him when he had to brush his, his dentures and take them out and brush them and whatever. And, <clears throat> um, and when we, and this was a, a guy that I was with before. He was the one that had the beautiful dentures. I'm just going to put it that way. But <clears throat> when we were homeless, <clears throat> you know, or something, and we were like, you know, water, you know, it was very limited or no sink or whatever. <clears throat> I would gently, slowly pour water over his dentures while he brushed them. Um, because obviously you can't hold the water and brush your teeth at the same time. So I would gently pour the water and he would brush them, uh, you know, and rinse them off or whatever. And um, it didn't need to be awkward like that. Um, but his, his teeth had got broken. <clears throat> and now, now, let me back up. He wouldn't take his teeth out. He didn't soak them in the water thing. He had them, I guess, I think he said since he was 28, but I'm not really for sure. Um, <clears throat> a long time. <clears throat> and, um, but he, he didn't soak them at night. You know, he didn't do that stuff that to him. He kept it in his mouth all the time. He didn't wear adhesive with him or glue or anything like that. He just put him in his mouth. And I'm thinking back to myself, <clears throat> I don't know how he did that because my teeth start moving around and, and my bottom was they hurt and they lose little sores. Well, he used to complain that his his hurt and they would leave sores sometimes. So that makes sense to me now. Um, because I'm thinking, yeah, that's what happens when I don't put it in the adhesive or whatever on mine. And I prefer the powder. <clears throat> I've, I've been trying them all, and I'm trying to still do it when my mouth heals. But so far, I'm liking the powder. <clears throat> um, but anyway, <clears throat> uh, his teeth are shattered. They they got broke. He had uh, sat him down on the counter uh, too hard, I guess, and uh, they, they shattered. They broke. So he went without teeth. And... Um, <laughs> When you have somebody that's subconscious about not having teeth, they don't try to uh, overextend their mouth um, to talk or make it known that they don't have teeth. It's a self-subconsciousness. Whether society realizes that he doesn't have teeth or not, um, because his mouth is not all gummed like they were before because it's taken shape to his dentures, his jaw has accommodated to the structure of his dentures. Um, for the way they were. So it's actually grown to that. So the gum look is not there. <clears throat> as as much as what I believe it is. As what mine is right now. Because mine's still fresh. So anyway. <clears throat> um, he would talk very, very, very lightly. Almost where you have to strain to hear him. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's like, I'm thinking, what? <laughs> and and I've done this a lot in our relationship. I'm just like, I, I'm sorry. I, I, maybe I'm just bad at hearing, but I, I, can you repeat yourself one more time? Or I'll be like, 
still nothing. I, I made out half of what you said. And I'm, I'm sure it aggravated him, but <clears throat> I would have trouble hearing him sometimes. But um, anyway, I was telling him that I had got my teeth fixed. And, uh, oh no, back up. I was telling him that his insurance would cover his teeth. <clears throat> and I asked him how long ago he had had insurance or had his teeth. And he's like, I don't know, like I was 28 or whatever. And <clears throat> so anyway, he went to the dentist and got his teeth fixed, got new teeth, uh, did impressions, the whole nine yards. And, um, obviously where he had more teeth for a while, I'm sure it's a big adjustment for him, but I'm looking back and going, people don't know that you can get your teeth fixed like that, you know? And had I had known all this prior before, maybe it'd have been a different situation because I would have had my teeth pulled a long time ago. And, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry if we're going to say it on a big subject of teeth, but it's kind of the perception of what's behind it. The point is he was self-conscious <clears throat> about something as simple as his teeth. There are a lot of homeless people that uh, have very bad, um, very bad hygiene. Obviously, um, they're missing their teeth. That uh, maybe have not had a shower, or had their hair cut or done. Don't have bougie nails, um, and society looks at them of a less of a person. Most of the time. And I know this from experience. However, <clears throat> my question to that is, do what they call a makeover, if you will. <clears throat> Give them a shower, maybe a clean haircut, clean their nails, put some dentures in, uh, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, that person's beautiful. That person is acceptable to society. That person doesn't look like a hobo bun, bum living in a cardboard uh, shelter. Or maybe not even on a shelter at all. Uh, but sleeping on concrete ground. But now that person isn't any less of a person. And is an equal person now next to you. Because what? They had a makeover? They had a makeover, but did they have a life over? Because I guarantee that those scars that they carried of the hard knocks of life... goes a lot deeper than missing some teeth or having messed up hair. And <clears throat> we as a society whole, and I'm going to say this, I don't care if you have teeth or not. I don't care if your hair is done up right or not. I don't care if you <clears throat> um, are missing parts of your body. I don't care if you are scarred from head to toe. I don't care what you look like. Please do not let society make you any less of a beautiful person that God created. And don't let them take that away from you. Now it's easier said than done. I will be the first one to say that. But I am trying to teach myself to look differently at myself in the mirror. And I know like self-identification, self-identity, maybe sometimes <clears throat> it's okay to realize 
that you don't have to have one identification of who you are. Why be just one person? Why can't you be a rounded individual? Pun included and not included. Why can't you be different? I used to tell my daughter all the time, <coughs> um, it's okay to be different. Why wouldn't you want to be different? If we all were the same, we'd all be robots. We'd all be exactly identical, and nothing would be um, different in the world. Nothing would be colorful. Everything would be the same. And it's those people that are different that society deems as freaks or, or, or whatever, whatever they do. <clears throat> Any less of it is as acceptable as what they classify as the normal, if you will. And I don't even know what normal really is. What is normal? Um... <clears throat> but those people that are different embrace that because those people that are different are the ones that invented the, th the things that you have enjoyed. Those people are different. The ones that are not different are the ones that are judging those people. And that's society. And I see society as a generalization. I'm not going to classify anybody out, but I'm not trying to finger point at anybody either. It's a figure of speech. And if the shoe fits, tie it up. If it don't, <clears throat> go barefoot. What's it matter? What's it matter? There's some people out there that don't even have feet. They don't even have to worry about uh, matching their socks and or what brand of shoes. You know how much money they save not having shoes? Yeah, they don't care about bougie shoes. They don't care about um, mismatched socks. I wear mismatched socks. I say when my daughters wear mismatched socks. When my oldest daughter was having her baby, <coughs> only way when I first walked in the in the room, she was at my granddaughter. My granddaughter has Down syndrome. <coughs> um, <coughs> only way I knew it was my daughter's because my daughter's socks they're mismatched. I'm like, I hope this is my kid. Um, because, you know, the nurse and stuff were in my way. And I'm like, I just noticed her by her socks. You know, who cares if her socks are mismatched? They're on her feet keeping them warm. Who cares if they look differently? Who cares if I wear flip-flops in the snow? <clears throat> who cares if somebody um, looks differently than what you do? Do you want somebody to look like you? No, because then you're like, oh, my God, you must be my twin. You know what? And I'm going to say this with respect. And I don't mean no disrespect on nothing. Heaven help if there's two of me out in this world. Because let me tell you. There, there's there's not two of me. And there's not two of you. You can be an identical twin and be totally different than your twin. <clears throat> you know, you can have the same blood type. You can have the same hair color, hairstyle, walk the same, talk the same, look the same, dress the same. You know, I used to have these two twin friends that I went to school with. <coughs> two, two sets of twins that I knew. <coughs> Actually, three. I knew a lot of twins growing up. But anyway, the two girls I knew, <coughs> one was shorter than the other. <coughs> one was Teresa and one was Lisa. We had tall Teresa, little Lisa is what we called them. <clears throat> That's how we knew the difference. Then we had two brothers, um, Jason and Jeremy. And they had a brother that was not a twin. His name was Jamie. They lived up the road from where we were. But they're twin brothers. 
one of the brothers' hair hair was a little bit longer, and I think he was a little bit taller. <clears throat> then we had Tim and Tom. <laughs> I want if I'm not mistaken, Tom was a little bit shorter. But Tim and Tom, <laughs> they were really good friends of my growing up. Um, the first day of school, they actually messed with the teachers, and they swapped. They They would swap classes. Um, like one would go to one teacher one day and then the other one would go, they would switch places and they did that a lot until the teachers finally caught on. Um, <clears throat> but even them being that identical, they're still different. Um, now I know these twin guys are six foot seven and, um, uh, I think, let me see, Randy and... Oh, what's the other one's name? A anyway, don't matter. Um, anyway, very tall guys. <clears throat> um, but the point is that you can be identical, identical twins, and look the exact same, but you are different. <clears throat> you're different in the way you feel. You're different in the way you look inside yourself. You're you're different on the way you see yourself on the outside. You're different on the way you react. You're different on the way that <clears throat> you learn. You're different on the way that you socialize. You're different on the way that you feel things and touch things. Um, you're different in a lot of ways. And it's not your appearance. Your appearance can be identical. It's what's inside. And that's what's inside that society thinks that they see by judging the outside. <clears throat> All of our fingerprints and toe prints are different. And I've talked about this before on my other podcast. You could be identical twin and your blood be identical to each other. Okay? Because <clears throat> they would say, oh, if, if two twins commit a crime, there's no way to tell them apart because of their blood and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not true. That's not true. Because twins don't have the identical sets of fingerprints or toe prints they're different you get your fingerprints and toe prints from the friction of the indentation when your mother is carrying you in her womb from bouncing back and forth the friction from the uh, the the wall of the stomach leaves the indentations on your fingers and your toes and that's what makes your toe prints and your fingerprints other than that human genetics very cute very very cute very cool <clears throat> so you don't know now you know and, but, you know, it, it shouldn't have to be the point where you have to prove on who you are in order for society to accept you on what you appear on the outside. Because what if their preference is different on what they like? Like for me, instance, and I'm going to use me. <clears throat> I prefer tall people. <clears throat> I'm short, but I, pre I prefer tall men. I do. Last guy I was with was 6'3". Rounded up. Because <laughs> he rounded up. Which I, hey, okay. But still, he's tall. <clears throat> I like clean cut, good smelling tall man. Um, I'll take a blue collar dude over a white collar dude any day. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful to a white collar man. I'm saying... <clears throat> And I'm not saying that they work any any less harder than a blue collar. Um, 
maybe that's stereotyping. And it is stereotyping. It is stereotyping. But it's my preference. A hardworking man out there using his body as his way of life. <clears throat> now, that doesn't make him any better than the person using their mind and being what they call, society calls a pencil pusher. Um, that doesn't make them any less important <clears throat> or any more important. That's just my preference. Um, you see these construction workers out there working, um, or, you know, something of that nature. <clears throat> that is a hardworking person. They work in all levels of, uh, human nature. They work in all types of lev levels of, um, society in different atmospheres. Um, they also have to watch their back and their co-workers back, <clears throat> especially in these construction zones. <coughs> um, so they're using their mind <coughs> double time. Because you do have to be versatile. You do have to be flexible. You do have to be a quick thinker. But you do have to be responsible. Because you have so many other people's lives in your hands. You got yours, your coworkers, but you also got societies. Because the job that you're doing is going to have society going through it. And I'm not trying to say that People that sit behind a desk are any less important. And I apologize. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I hope that I'm getting my explanation across um, not in a degrading way. But I'm just saying this is my preference. <clears throat> I would take, I would, I, I would prefer a man who has built his muscles the natural way at hard working than a man who's flexing his muscles at the gym. And I'm not saying that they don't work hard in the gym, trying to take care and maintain their life. <clears throat> yes, that's one thing. But being superficial about it, and I guess you can call it being conceited, that's not attractive to me. But that's my opinion. That's my preference. Do I think you're any less beautiful as a person? No. Now, I ain't going to lie. A dude walked by me with a nice build on I'm like, yummy. I've done that. But then I've also seen a dude one time, and I'll tell you what. I wish I would have videoed this because I'm like, what in the blue blazes is that? Um, <clears throat> this dude was very buff, okay? He was very buff. And <laughs> he was out in his front yard in a pair of short shorts, no shirt on, nice tan, very easy on the eyes. I will say that. <laughs> he was in his front yard doing lunges. Like on the main busy road. <clears throat> and he was exercising outside in his front yard. <clears throat> and I'm going, well, first of all, <laughs> that's a very big distraction. But why? Now, yes, it was a beautiful day. <clears throat> and he should be able to. Yes, he should have. But why? Was he doing it because it was a beautiful day and he was out there working out? Or was the other because he was being conceited and wanted to just flex his muscles and show off? <clears throat> you could take it either way. <clears throat> Me, I just went by going, I don't really understand 
<laughs> why he's doing that, but kudos to him. That's more than what I would do. I'd be too self-conscious to stand outside in my front yard and work out. <laughs> Heck, I have a hard enough time working privately in the corner of my house and or taking my clothes off and looking at myself in the mirror. Uh, there's no way in, in, no. So kudos to him. It's all about the perception, but it's also about um, your own self-identity. Because sometimes the way you look at people and the way you judge people, and which, you know, <clears throat> is a reflection on sometimes on how you feel as an individual. Not always, but they say you shouldn't judge yourself. You know, thou shall not judge, lest be judged, or some, something of that nature. <clears throat> Does that mean that we don't judge other people or we don't judge ourselves or both? Because we do judge. We judge ourselves. We judge ourselves more than we judge anybody else in this world. And that's a whole different reflection. That the mirror doesn't display. <clears throat> and if you put a filter on, if you, if you put, let's say society is your filter. So you're putting your filter, your society filter on. Is that just smoke and mirrors? Or is that a reality check? Or is that just a bunch of self-esteem issues and heartache and pain, self-reliant um, self on um, everything but what you know how to feel, if that makes sense? Um <coughs> You know, I used to sit and look in the mirror and I'd be like, you know, I've had a lot of problems in my life. My childhood, uh, I didn't have much of a childhood. I had a very abusive childhood. Uh, let me say, I witnessed a lot of abuse in my childhood. I personally was not abused as a child, per se, physically. Um, <clears throat> but I endured a lot of uh, domestic violence growing up. And... I endured a lot of um, degrading self-esteem issues. Um, you know, your parents are supposed to encourage you to go to college and do this and that and the other. And, um, you know, when I wanted to go, when I was younger, I used to talk about how I wanted to go to college. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a lawyer or I wanted to be a counselor for abused children. That's what I wanted to be when I was younger. I really wanted to be a lawyer. <clears throat> and I didn't pursue that end. I wish I would have now, but... Um, I didn't, <clears throat> and I'm too old for that now, but, um, I don't want to be a professional student, <laughs> um, but my biological dad, I remember one time, <clears throat> he was like, why do you want to go to college? You can get a, um, a good paying job without having to go to college. He's like, look at me, you know, he worked for Amtrak, and, um. You know, he's like, you don't need to go to college to have a good job. And that might have been true back then. But now, we have so been so codependent on technology <clears throat> that the simple things in life have to be technical. And I say the simple things in life as in the pictures that you take of yourself. 
You know how many times I've taken selfies of myself? I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. That's ugly. No, 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 I don't like the way I'm smiling. What, what is that look? No, the lighting's not right. Oh, I need to put a filter on this. No, I'm going to, I'm going to mask that and put this on there instead, like maybe some kind of little sticker thing or whatever. <clears throat> Something so simple as my own perception of my selfie has to be filtered with technology in order for it to be acceptable, not only to society, but to myself. And it's my reflection, my selfie. And maybe somebody else on their phone might have better pixels on their phone, so it takes a better, clearer picture of me. I, I don't like the way I looked when I smiled, even with my teeth in, because I didn't like the angle that I held my head, or I didn't like my background in the background, or I, 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 I wasn't, you know, maybe I blinked or whatever, whatever it was. <clears throat> I had to filter it. Something as simple as my own vision of myself has to be so complicated by technology and by society. I'm a human being. I'm not perfect, and I would be lying if I said otherwise. Yes, I look funny without my teeth, but you know what? I can make funny faces with my teeth in. You know, I'm funny, and sometimes I'm funny looking. But that doesn't mean I'm any less of a beautiful person. <clears throat> Depends on who wants to look at me. It's all in the eye of the beholder, but the beholder has to start with you first. How are you supposed to feel any better about yourself if you keep letting society tell you how you feel? And this, this is where I'm at in my life. And I'm trying very hard to undo 50 years of damage of straight up bullshit straight up bullshit is what it is and any time before in the past bad words were not to be allowed to be said on the screen or on anything, you know, and I remember when uh, simple words were allowed on, you know, sitcoms or, um, what was it, um, what are they called, soap operas. Now, <laughs> it's like no filter needed. I think kids today have more slang bad words created uh Because of us adults. And you know why? <clears throat> because we're the ones that handed it to them. You got music that says certain things. Okay, I'm going to say this for instance. <clears throat> and maybe I'm wrong. Okay? But this is what I was told. So maybe I'm wrong. But <clears throat> I'm going to say it like that song, Cake by the Ocean. <clears throat> I like cake. I like the ocean. Now, eating a piece of cake at the ocean, I might get sand in my cake. Not so much. But, hey, let's have a party. Let's have some cake by the ocean. Let's have a party. No, people, it's about drugs. It's about drugs. I didn't know that until somebody told me. They're talking about having drugs partying. I didn't know that. I thought somebody was going to have some cake at the ocean having a party. Let's have cake. Cake and ice cream. Not so much ice cream because it'll melt because of the heat. The cake. Everybody, you know, cake. Nope. 
spelled drugs. <coughs> um, you know, even that little WAP song, that annoying WAP song that's going around the reels or whatever? <coughs> that's that's a, supposed to be a bad thing, too. It's not the word WAP. It's it's something else. <coughs> you know, and it's like, why why are we doing this to our children? There's hidden meaning, meanings. You know, like, <coughs> Def Leppard's, you know, pour some sugar on me. <coughs> you got the pieces, I got the cream. I'm okay. Are we talking about peaches with whipped cream on it? No, people, we're not. Now, don't, don't get me wrong, I love that song. I love Def Leppard. One of my favorite groups. But this is where we're at. They're hidden meanings. And I could go on and on and on with different songs. So, you know, but that's not the point. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> the point is we have so much negativity in this world. So much. And this is what we're giving our kids. And this is what we're giving ourselves, whether intentionally or not. Now, I will jam to... Uh, you know, pour some sugar on me, or, you know, you know, I, I love me some Def Leppard. I've been to their concert, awesome concert. Kid Rock was probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Um, <clears throat> I've been to Motley Crue, Alice Cooper. Um, uh, let's see, what else I go to? Uh, Tim McGraw. We ended up leaving early on Tim McGraw. Um, <clears throat> and, see, Billy Covington was good. Um, but anyway, Kid Rock was awesome. <laughs> it's an awesome concert. And I went my, with my youngest daughter. We went, I went to all these with my youngest daughter. Um, <clears throat> I would love to go to an ACDC concert. Um, but anyway, um, <sighs> this, growing up in our lives, we take whatever from our childhood that has made us who we are. And our reflection how we see ourselves. Because even take society out of the picture, okay? Let's take society out for a moment. <clears throat> Let's put our family in the picture. How does your family make you feel? How has your family made you feel over the years? Because <clears throat> I always say, you know, you got family and you got them damn relatives. I can count my family on one hand. I got plenty. Relatives are a dime a dozen. But I didn't count my family on one hand. And that's including the family dog of my daughters. <coughs> my pickings are slim. <coughs> but, uh, and that's also because some have passed away too. But, um, no here, no there. My, <laughs> my view on family I wonder what it's like. I wonder what it's like to have a true, supportive, realistic um, family. I don't know what that means. <clears throat> when I was going through a horrific time in my life when my grandson died, um, You would think I would have had support from my family. No. No, I had my daughter. My youngest daughter. Um, 
she was my, she saved my life. My youngest daughter saved my life. Um, I don't know what I would have done without her. I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today. I, I know exactly where I'd be. Not here. <coughs> um, usually in a time of tragedy, you think people would come together. No. Um, very select a few would even check on me. Select a few uh, would try to insinuate other things than what they didn't know nothing about. Select a few try to start um, <coughs> a fight <laughs> at my grandson's funeral because they want to be bullies. Um, and instead of understanding their tragedy that my grandson was laying up in a casket, they wanted to be everything but compassionate family. <coughs> instead of other people understanding my depression or that I was going through something, and um, instead of understanding the scars that were on the outside of my body, were no near near the reflection of the depth on the ones on the inside of my body. <coughs> I didn't have that kind of family. And I still don't. And um, that's reality to me. And that's sad. Because my family has done more damage damage to me than society could ever even dream of. <clears throat> and I say that because when society was killing me, where was my family? When my life was getting the best of me, where was my family? It laid in the hands of a young, innocent child to keep her mom alive. And that's not fair. And instead of my family being the bigger person <clears throat> and being understanding and apologizing and trying to be there for me now, Close your eyes. What do you see? That's what they do for me. Nothing. And I say that respectfully because I'm a respectful person. <clears throat> because I respect my mother. I respect her place in the house. I respect her place in the family. <clears throat> I respect her place as a human being, and I respect her place as my mom. And I take care of my mom by myself. My youngest daughter, she tries every once in a while when she can. 
Now, mind you, they will call my mom occasionally and talk to her on the phone when my mom's up to talking to them. But you know what? They're not there for me. I take her and my mom 24-7. I don't get no break. I don't get to go on the bougie cruises and go to Florida or the Bahamas or, or wherever the heck they go. I'm lucky to go to the store for more than an hour. And I got to get in, get out, and get back home. <clears throat> I don't get nobody to, you know, I have to, I, I can't even go spend time with my, my daughter, my kids. Unless I make plans ahead of time to make sure my mom's okay. Because that's my responsibility. And I'm not complaining on my responsibility with my mom. Please don't misconstrue that. I'm where I'm at with my mom, and that's where I'm at. My point being is, where the hell is the rest of my family? Why can't they say, hey, Dee, let me sit with mom. <clears throat> you go do something. No, but they will drive hours away from their home <clears throat> to go 30 minutes up the road to go swimming <clears throat> at my aunt's house, <clears throat> that's okay. Or my aunt will drive to another state to go pick up a family member's dog because they're going on vacation to the Bahamas or wherever they went. And so they're going to dog sit. But I don't hear nothing. You could drive over state lines to go get a dog, but you can't go 30 minutes to come and help me and give me a break, give me a moment to go breathe. I don't need your help. I don't need any of their help. You know why? <clears throat> because I don't need that kind of help. Because if you can't do something naturally for me out of the kindness of your heart without feeling obligated, I don't need it. There's one thing about me. I'm not a fake person. I might have to pacify a situation for the moment being out of respect of the situation for the moment being. <coughs> but don't mistake me for a fool. And don't mistake me for somebody who's going to kiss your ass. Because I do not have the government by my teeth to taint my lips by kissing a bunch of bullshit. Because that ain't happening. And that's my self-reflection. That's where I'm at today. I respect my mom. I love my mom. I love my mom. she perfect? No, she ain't perfect. <clears throat> you tell me a person in this world is, and I guarantee that... They're lying. <clears throat> there ain't no such thing. <clears throat> you know why? Because <clears throat> every single moment of your life you're learning. Every single moment of your life you're teaching something and you're learning something. Whether you have already passed judgment on what you already know, I guarantee you're going to learn something different if you actually have an open mind and think outside of what is supposed to be normal. 
be your own individual. And you be your own individual, I guarantee you're going to make mistakes. You know why? Because if you're own, your own individual, you're learning as you go. You're not learning and doing because everybody else is doing it. You're doing it because you're doing it. And there's not a damn thing wrong with that. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. And the biggest one you're going to make is with yourself as a human being. And the way you look at yourself, the way you feel about yourself, the way you talk about yourself. <clears throat> For every negative thing society has made you feel, try to reprimand it with a positive reinforcement of something positive. Because as much as society has pounded the pain in your head of negative on what not to be, you counteract that with something positive. But don't self-inflict the pounding on your head. I know that firsthand. <clears throat> it hurts inside and it gives you a headache on the outside and inside. And um, I have I had a broken tooth. <coughs> I hit myself so hard on time. I literally felt my tooth move. <coughs> when I had my teeth pulled out, I had a piece of my tooth embedded in my nasal cavity. Don't do that, is what I tell myself. Don't let yourself get away from you again, if at all possible. And if they, if you get too far ahead of yourself, <coughs> know where your checkpoints are in life. Because if you don't, that's not a place you deserve to be. And if you're anything like me, it's easier said than done. <clears throat> but I used to say, I'm trying, I'm trying. I always say I'm trying. And I am trying. I've tried to get to the point now where I'm saying, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm trying and I'm doing, or I'm trying to do, or I've tried and look at me, I'm doing it. We are our biggest shadows. <clears throat> I, you know, I always say, I don't believe in shadow people. I believe in people that make shadows. And, um, That's okay. We're all attached to our shadows, and we step on our own shadows. <clears throat> and the hardest thing to do is step over your shadow. <clears throat> because sometimes we are our biggest demise. But there can't be a shadow without light above us. Sometimes it's okay to be in the dark. 
Just remember, though, sometimes in life, you don't need to see your own eyes. Sometimes you have to see it with your heart. And your eyes are on the outside. They can see light. Well, unless you're like my mom and is blind, but the point is, don't look at the world with your eyes all the time. <clears throat> look at the world with your heart. Because that's your real self-infliction. Your own self-reflection, but it's also a self-inflicted wound at the same time. But you have to get over that obstacle the best you can so you can remember to open your eyes to the world. Because it takes one moment, one person, one half of a breath to make a difference. So remember to look with your heart before your heart stops looking out for you. And that is my self-reflection for today. And I apologize if this has been a boring podcast to you, but this is me and I'm just talking. Um, but uh, if you are feeling too overwhelmed, it's easier said than done to reach out to somebody. That's not that's not the easiest thing to do. Trust me. <coughs> uh, I know that firsthand. So a lot of times you're going to have to try to remember different ways to cope and calm yourself down. I do the five, four, three, two, one method a lot. <coughs> but um, I'm training myself. I guess you can say I'm training myself for combat <laughs> because I'm trying to battle self-inflicted and society-inflicted war, havoc in my heart, in my head, in my self-being, in my soul, my perception of life and where I'm at in the world. And to remember that it's not only wrong to judge other people, but it's wrong to judge myself. Especially when it's negative and it hurts. Don't bully yourself because society makes you feel like it's okay to. Don't give them that right. Don't let them take that away from you. Because at the end of it all, when you're lying up in that casket, whose life really was it? Yours or theirs? And I'm learning that. Some of it, I'm reminding myself of that. Reality check. Anyway, um... I appreciate all of you taking your time out 
and have dedicated your precious, irreplaceable, valuable time, and I mean that wholeheartedly, to listen to me. Um, and eventually, hopefully, I will be trying to uh, do my podcast more visual. Um, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I want to do that. But until uh, then, uh, you're going to be just hearing my voice. <laughs> so lucky you. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I mean that jokingly. <laughs> um, unless unless you feel lucky to listen to me, then hey, thank you. <laughs> I'm not trying to make that negative on me. But anyway, <laughs> um, thank you for taking your time out listening to me. And I hope everybody is able to uh, find a way without, find a way on being able to take a breath without your own breath suffocating you. And please don't let anybody else take your breath away in an unhealthy way. So. Anyway, I will end my podcast here. If you haven't checked out my other ones, please, please feel free to do so. Like, share, whatever. Um, and if you have any suggestions or anything, please let me know. I'm all open to um, suggestions and also opinions on um, thoughts and a perspective, constrictive criticism. Um, polite criticism, if you will. So anyway, I won't know what to fix if I don't know it's broken. But sometimes it's not broken and it's not yours to fix. But at the same time, sometimes it just is that complicated because that's the way you feel. It's not so much as what people say. Sometimes it's just all about how it makes you feel. And sometimes, you know, they don't even have to say a word. And the silence can be very deafening. So, please reach out for help if you need it. 988 is the suicide prevention uh, crisis line, by the way, if you need to reach out anonymously. There are people that are trained to help. It's no joke, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. I've had a best friend that's committed suicide, and I know many people that have and have tried, and I myself is included in that. Um, it's not a joke. You do matter. You very much matter, and you definitely deserve a place on this beautiful world, and it's beautiful because you're in it. Once again, this is Dee, and you have been listening to my podcast, Let Me Clear My Throat, Self-Reflection. Yeah. Have a great and blessed night.